0: Welcome to CamdenCast, I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin And this is our 7th Heaven podcast
1: On today's episode of CamdenCast We will be discussing season 8, episode 17 of 7th Heaven The title of which is Two Weddings, an Engagement, and a Funeral uh, The IMDb user synopsis is Love and marriage seems to be on everyone's mind As Annie's sister is planning her wedding A mentally challenged couple wants to get married after just one date And a couple has their premarital counseling with Chandler what was your first impression of this episode? Um. Well, I don't. Full disclosure, listeners: this is a boring episode. Like of the not of Camden cast. There are no boring episodes oh, yes. of Camden cast. We mean
0: of Seventh Heaven. Of
1: Seventh Heaven, and we were kind of um, not really paying the mo- most attention, but like we got the gist of the episode. We can still talk about it. And also, it felt more. My, I'm going to give my. Second impression or whatever of this episode, it felt like the first part of a two-part season finale. But we're in the middle of the season, so it's not that. Um, did you get that vibe?
0: Yeah, I did. The way they set it up, uh, I feel like they always try to they always try to experiment with their storytelling and the way that they release episodes uh, when it comes to like season finales or season premieres and stuff. Um, and, the,
1: and the technique that they used in this episode, in like isolating. These storylines felt very much like they were all either going to climax at, like, one point, um, like, together or separately.
0: I don't know. And that never happened, so you kind yeah. of felt unfulfilled watching it?
1: Right. It felt like four different episodes of, like, a short... Of like a mini series, yeah.
0: It, it it did kind of feel like like tiny short documentaries or short films or something, uh, not really connected to anything else except sometimes you saw a character from one and another. I guess it was kind of like you know those I Love New York or like that those movies like Jatem Paris, like the ones where like you have like a fi- like millions of different characters and they all kind of connect randomly. Anyway, sorry, we're getting... Like Love more. Actually? Love Actually, yes. Or Valentine's Day. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Those movies. Starring Jessica Biel. <laughs> yes. Shout out. <laughs> um, uh.
0: So that's what I have to say about this. I also don't think it helped because the main actions, like the weddings and the engagement and stuff, had to do with periphery characters or characters... That aren't even in the periphery. They're just like I don't know, in a whole different.
1: Introduced just for the purpose of telling this short little story. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so there's really no connection, and really the only connection to any of it is Chandler, and Chandler's not really connected to the Camdens in a tangible way that like matters to us. Like a lot of the episode, we're like, why is anybody there? Like Martin's there and Peter's there for like a part of the episode. We're like, why? But we'll get to that. So we'll start with a cold open, which introduces the first wedding. And the second wedding, and the engagement, and and not not the funeral. funeral. (laughs) Um, So the first wedding is between Mrs. Bink and Fred. To remind you who Fred is, just in case you don't remember, because I know you all know who Mrs. Bink is, uh, Fred was the man from the episode with the block party? Yes. um, Who ended up using Kevin as a pool boy, a lawnmower, a sandwich maker many things, uh, because he thought that, like, Kevin was his, like, personal man-servant.
1: Assistant man-servant, yeah.
0: Um, and anyway, we, like, I don't think we mentioned this in the, in our episode when we recorded it, but when we were watching it, Aaron and I both agreed that, he, that Kevin should just set... He was, like, the male equivalent of Mrs. Bank. And they should just set up, be, like, together. And lo and behold... Brenda Hamden heard our <laughs> prayers. Yes.
1: Years and years ago. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, and... She put them together, so they're getting married. um the second marriage is remember Lily and how they randomly bought up that she had commitment issues. Well, surprise she's getting married to her, to her fiance Derek, yes, and then the very and all of this is connected because Mrs. Bank and Fred are having their premarital counseling session with Chandler um uh, Mrs. Bank specifically wants Chandler to marry her because he's her living Boy toy. Boy toy. <laughs> um, we find out about Lily because she calls um, Annie. And we find out about the engagement between... Pat and... F-
1: no, not Jimmy.
0: Pat and Pat Jimmy. Jimmy. I keep calling,
1: wanting to call them like Freddie, Jimmy.
0: Because Pat visits Chandler in um, the church saying, I need you to marry me to someone. And we find out that. Um, full disclosure, Pat is intellectually disabled. Um,
1: so... That's just going forward.
0: Yeah. The, um, the, as the
1: the user of you said, mentally challenged, those would not be the words that I would use. Right.
0: Um, so we're going to, basically we're going to, we're going to break this down exactly how 7th Heaven decided to break it down, which is, uh, event by event. So two weddings, wedding number uno, um, is between Mrs. Bink and Fred. And the reason that it's going all crazy is because of a mother and Fred's kids. Yes. So oh, Fred's kids. I have to look this up right now, but yes, continue talking. Fred's
1: mother um, is like, uh, well, first, I don't know who comes in first. The Fred's mother. mother comes in and starts like beating Chandler with her cane and is like, you can't marry my son. He's with that gold digger, Mrs. Bink, um, and she's just after his money. And then she's like, and my grandkids don't want him to my grandkids called me to talk to you because they don't want him, their father marrying Mrs. Bink either. So Chandler goes to talk to Fred's kids and he goes with Roxanne because like they think it's going to be like a domestic dispute or could, has the potential to turn violent. Uh, so when the, when like a reverend Chandler or associate pastor shows up at the door with a police officer, um, Fred's kids immediately think that their father has died. Um, and then Chandler kind of leaves the interaction with the kids without actually saying anything. Um,
0: I just want to say, one of the kids is a woman who uh, is played by uh, Finn's mom. That's who I recognized her. Finn's mom! From Glee. Yeah. yeah, that's. I was like, I know I know her from somewhere. But yeah, she's Finn's mom from Glee. Um, it's Romy Roseman. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't recognize her. She looked different. Very, well, obviously very young yeah. <laughs> compared to... What ten years? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that was only like five years after this. This was two thousand four. Um, so like five people years... change. <laughs> so anyway, um, they Chandler goes back to Fred and Mrs. Bank and Gladys. Her name is Gladys. I was like, why did they just keep calling her Mrs. Bank? And Fred gets a first name, um, and he's like, Well, your kids don't mind you getting married as long as you sign a prenup. And then Mrs. Bank is like, I have more money than Fred. Um I should be the one demanding a prenup. So the big so Chandler gets overwhelmed. There's a and there's a scene at the beginning before this all starts in which the Rev and Chandler are talking, and the Rev is like, "Oh, it's your first wedding. You're going to get overwhelmed. Things are going to go wrong. You don't even know what you've got coming." So he's like, "You're going to, you know, if you need me, reach out for anything." So the the big joke is like Chandler gets overwhelmed by all of the demands of Fred's kids and Fred's mother. So he goes to the Rev and he's like, "I I need your help."
0: Uh, I would just like to say before he goes, to, we have like a, I guess this is supposed to be funny, but basically uh, Mrs. Bink is screeching at Fred being like, for what? I need you to stand up for me and like, I, or something like, it must really suck to live your entire life
1: without a spine. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and then Fred just starts crying because Mrs. Bink leaves him. Um, so this is when Chandler, as Aaron said, goes to the Rev for help and the Rev solution is that... Mrs. Bank
1: and Fred are going to elope, so they wake up Mrs. We see all of the women: um, Lucy, Lucy, Mm -hmm. Annie, Ruthie, Cecilia. For some reason, is is there there? Roxanne? Is there? Um, And they all wake up Mrs. Bank in the middle of the night. I don't know how they got into our house, and they're like, "Come with us! You're eloping!" And then we see all the men, which includes Martin and Peter. For some reason, Mm -hmm. Um, and they are in the minivan, the cam, the cam van. With Fred, and they're waiting outside of Mrs. Bink's house. So that's the first wedding. Mrs. Bink and Fred elope um, at the insistence of the, the Cam Fam and Chandler.
0: It's actually very sweet in a sweet kind of way. Um, you know, they have a small wedding, so in the middle of the night, you know, to each their own. It's, it's nice, it's nice.
1: So moving on to the engagement, right? Um, so as we said, Pat um, comes to Chandler and is like, hey, I went on this date with Jimmy last night, it was my, or first, somehow she discloses that it was their first date, and she's like, and he asked me to marry him, so Chandler finds out Jimmy's last name or whatever, and he goes to the promenade, and we see, like, a, I think it's at Pete's Pizza or whatever, it's like a host, a host uh, or, or whatever.
0: Oh, I thought it was like a hot dog stand or something.
1: It was some restaurant on the promenade, and he goes up to this guy, and he's like, oh, are you Jim or Jimmy? And the guy's like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, well, why do you want to marry Pat? Because you're so much older than her. And then this guy's confused. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And Chandler somehow divulges. He's like, well, you went on one date with her. How could you, like, ask her to marry you plus the age difference? So he's like, oh, that's my son, Jimmy. Jimmy is also intellectually disabled, and he calls him over. He's also working at the restaurant, and he's like, Jimmy, did you ask this girl to marry you? And he's like, I don't know, we went out last night. (laughs) I don't think I asked her to marry
0: me. But then he's like, okay, I'll marry her. So we have this storyline basically where um, Jimmy's father does not approve of them getting married after only one date. Um, I don't think Seventh Heaven handled this. Well, I think the
1: undertone is that there are issues of like consent, um, and it's like, oh well, are like is is are both Pat and Jimmy like Jimmy is his name, yeah, yeah Jimmy capable of consent or whatever, but they skirt around this epis- like this issue by okay, they skirt around the entire issue of each of them being like intellectually disabled, and the fact that like a lot of times parents have issues with that and, like, their children, like, making, dis- like, big life decisions, like, getting married, um, by saying, like, well, they only had one date, and they keep focusing on this one date thing, and finally, Ruthie says, like, well, my brother got married after one date, and he's still with her, and they were really in love, and they knew after the first date, so, like, why can't you, and I was like, well, thank God someone said it, Right, right. and, like, Ruthie and Peter are the only ones who are, like, rooting for, um, Pat and Jimmy, but they keep like saying like, I didn't like how they did this because they skirt around what they really, really want to say. Um, which is like, Oh, what are the, I don't know. What are the capabilities of like, like intellectual disability is like on a spectrum rather than like on, you know, like black and white scale. And I don't know. They're just like, Oh, it was only one date.
0: Yeah. And it, I don't know. I do agree. Especially because I feel like this show usually does a really good job of, like, showing, um, diversity in all of its forms. Like, uh, um, mm, we have, like, one recurring black character. Okay, I, I, I guess oh. not, like, I meant, um, I meant more so in, like, um, Brandon ever steered away from showing, um, other abled people. On, yes. on on the show different level yes different That's what levels I meant to of say. like yeah um like you we th- i think she's very good about showing representation on that in that front um so i was kind of shocked at the way that they didn't do that here um i don't know it and
1: it could have been a way to tackle like or like a,
0: a i don't know i don't want to call it like a
1: teachable moment for like um I don't know. I think like caretakers and parents, a lot of times of like intellectually disabled adults don't give the amount of um, decision making latitude to like, you know, based on the individual's ability. They do it based on this blanket idea of what they believe the person's like disability leaves them to do, if that makes sense.
0: Uh, but basically, this ends with, like, a heartfelt moment. Um, Jimmy and Pat uh, run away. They run away to the church in order for um, Chandler to marry them. Their families find them. And with Chandler's help, well, not only Chandler's help, but we have another moment where Chandler asks the rub for help. But with all their help, uh, I basically think they set up They agree to, like,
1: go on more dates before they get married.
0: Right. Which is
1: probably a reasonable thing to do anyway. yeah. But they never never came out and said that, and that's what's annoying about it. Like, I think it's just as unreasonable that Matt and Sarah got married on the first date. Mm -hmm. Um, But...
0: That's not our problem with this. Our problem is...
1: Is that they, like, made that the whole issue when it clearly wasn't. Wasn't, right. Like, there was no other reason to make these characters, like, intellectually disabled other than to try to broach this subject, but then they never really... Did it so,
0: yeah. We get the families being like, Oh, we'll support you, all we want is for you to be happy. So, yeah, um, there's so that.
1: wedding number two,
0: uh, wedding number two is Lily and Derek. Uh, now, this kind of intersects with the funeral. Um,
1: one, well, it intersects heavily with like Annie is really, really unhappy with Lily again, even though we just had this conflict with Lily about the pictures, and now we're back to big conflict with Lily, and it's because. Lily wants, um, grandpa Jackson to like give her away at her wedding. So grandpa Jackson is planning on flying in from Phoenix for Lily's wedding. Um, and Annie's really pissed that Lily would kind of insist on grandpa Jackson being at the wedding.
0: So I have a few logistical problems with this. We have not established Lily's home quite yet. And the only thing Right, why is she getting married
1: in Glen Oak? Because <laughs> right. I was pretty sure she did not live in Glen Oak. And the other- We we have seen her like a total of three times.
0: So I definitely think, like, no know- Lily like knowing Lily's character from the amount of episodes we've seen her in, that she would very willingly have the wedding in Phoenix as to not burden her father. And the only reason they're having it in Glen Oak is so the Rev can marry them. who
1: uh- they really don't know. Right.
0: And if they wanted that, then the Rev could even fly out. It's not like the Rev's not familiar with his Father-in-law's condition. I don't know. There's just a lot of things where, like, they made it more complicated than it needed to be. But I guess all action needs to take place in Glen Oak for some reason. It's got to be
1: about the Glen Oak Church.
0: Right. It's all the hub of everything. The universe. (laughs) Apparently. So Annie, yeah, as Aaron said, Annie's upset about that because she doesn't think that he's up to it and this is going to cause more stress. Um, So we have a bunch of scenes where she's distraught until Lily's like, I thought we got over our shit. Why are you mad again? And Annie explains things to Lily, and Lily's like, you're right, I've been so selfish. Like, I guess I'll uninvite them or whatever. But they mend things as they do, and Annie's like, you're right, he's doing a little better. Like Ginger said, he's doing good now, so, and he's having a good week, so it's fine, we'll fly him out. But the undercurrent of this like little short thing is that Annie has a bad feeling, that something bad is about to happen. Um, and unfortunately, it does.
1: Yeah, they are the whole family. The whole Cam fam is getting ready to go to the wedding. They're all dressed. With all of the
0: hideous bridesmaid dresses. All
1: of the kids are downstairs, ready to go. And like Annie, like just finished rounding them up. And you hear the phone ring. The Rev picks it up in the bedroom, off screen. And then as all the kids are finally downstairs, Annie herself is ready to go downstairs to get in the car to go to the wedding. And the Rev comes out of the bedroom and is like, "I need to talk to you right now." And he's like, Ginger, that was just Ginger on the phone. And um, she went to go wake your father up from his nap to come so they could catch their flight. And he doesn't say that, like, he didn't wake up or he didn't, but but he just, like, lingers off. And then Annie's like, no. And then the Rev is like, yes, in his sleep, like, Ginger thinks he had a heart attack.
0: So this is to parallel to, first of all, um, that this is the same exact way that... Um Annie's mother died, also died in her sleep. Uh, So there's that. And there's also the parallel within the title of this show. I believe uh, Annie's mother's funeral episode was No Weddings and a Funeral. And this one's called Two Weddings and Engagement and a Funeral. So there's that callback. Um, And Annie basically decides that she's going to let the wedding happen and she's going to tell Lily after the wedding because she doesn't want to ruin Lily's big day. And the end of the episode is really just them having, like... All of the Camden's kind of surrounding Annie and...
1: Being there for her.
0: And it ends with a montage of...
1: Oh, dedicated to Graham Jarvis, who, of course, passed away during this season. I think earlier in the season, but... He,
0: he, he passed away April 2003, so before So, like, season. a
1: year ago. Yeah. About a year... Not a year ago, but, like, a year
0: prior to this episode airing. Right. Um, so, just... A couple of things about this storyline... Doesn't this feel like the end of the season, though? Yes, it really does. Um, It feels like it's been leading up to this, because from, like, the beginning... As we mentioned in the last episode, from the beginning of the season... or not the last episode, but, like, a few episodes ago... Well, like, we knew... like
1: Like, we had seen on the notes from the last episode that Graham Jarvis appeared in, we knew that he died because the note, like, things we've looked up online said, like, he passed away. This was the last episode he was in.
0: But also, like... The entire season, we've had Annie going back and forth, like concerned about her father, and like uh, her Grandpa Jackson has been kind of like on, like you know, he's been background storyline even though he's never been mentioned or never seen. So I feel like, and we we were waiting for it personally to happen, but it was I feel like it was leading up to this. Um, I do have a kind of a side note which doesn't have to do with that. Why are Ruthie and Lucy in the wedding party? Um. Were they? Yeah. Were th- they met in matching dresses? Yeah, they were in those matching oh, pink I only dresses. Know, I
1: only noticed Ruthie's, um, I don't know. L- Lucy was
0: in the same thing. Maybe they're the flower girls or something. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. I can't, I don't really know what to say about this episode. Really, the funeral storyline is the one that only, like, heavily features the Camdens, and by heavily, I mean it really only focuses on Annie. But the rest of it doesn't really have anything to do with anyone. Um not
1: good poor episode yeah it like it, it feels like out of place too in the season that's what i can't wrap my head around
0: right right i yeah it doesn't you're correct it doesn't as
1: a follow up to the last episode where we had like i don't know we were building on like the whole petrowski yeah, thing yeah we have
0: nothing about that now
1: yeah like cecilia and martin and then whatever else like you know the whole like matt you know everyone being worried about matt and that just got kind of dropped off the face of the earth and it became all about chandler and his issues with like doing performing marriage counseling and stuff
0: so that's it um that's the episode 2.5
1: um no i'm giving it a 2 never mind i'm giving it a 2
0: yeah i'm gonna have to go back down to a 2 for this as well uh I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of emotional notes that this show doesn't hit anymore. You know, I mentioned this with the I love you to Martin and between Martin and Cecilia, where it was very sweet, but it just didn't hit as hard as it should have. I feel like Grandpa Jackson's death also didn't hit as hard as it should have.
1: Well, in an episode that was entirely about other people, it's just like you expect us to jump back in and remember this whole thing with like, I don't know. It's just...
0: It does. You're right. Like you, you, I I feel like if this episode was more of a normal seventh episode with us doing like scenes between like, you know, like, or if the whole thing we're building to this wedding,
1: I don't care that we don't really know Lily. I think it was a good setup for the, the funeral. Um, and if they had just devoted more time to the wedding and the cam, like the cam fam getting ready for it and just like Annie kind of stressing out more about her father. I don't know
0: yeah we've not had any there's no lead up to like oh we know he's not doing well that's why she's visiting but like i don't know it was poor execution poor execution seventh heaven um so we upload every wednesday and saturday with new episodes uh on camdencats.com no sorry nope We don't have a website. SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast on the Stitcher and on iTunes Apple, Apple podcast, app. podcast app. We are on social media. Our handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Show And we're Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Or you can send us an email, CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Tandy. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast.